Welcome to Insights Podcast. This is a short form podcast series from For Humanity. Just 10 minutes to gain insights on topics of pressing importance, specifically in the space of ethics and accountability of emerging technology. My name is Sundar Narayan. I'm an ethics and compliance professional and a researcher with a focus on ethical culture and behavior in development and deployment of emerging technology. I am one of the contributors for For Humanity and the host of this particular podcast. For Humanity is a non-profit with a pressing mission. It works on a mission of managing AI risks for humanity. With a group of collaborators, For Humanity is contributing to methods of conducting independent audit of AI systems. If you want to know more about For Humanity, visit https forhumanity.center. This is a series on draft EUA regulations. The draft regulations mandate classification of high-risk AI and also require specific approaches to ensure that such AI systems do not harm people. This regulation has proposed a penalty of 6% of global revenues or Euro 30 million for violations. We are going to gain perspectives from For Humanity Fellows on what they feel about this regulation currently. Today, we have with us one such fellow, which is Sarah Clark. Sarah is a risk and compliance professional with two decades of experience in IT change assurance, supplier governance, business continuity, GDPR, and more general data protection. She's an expert in data protection and privacy. She's a blogger and the creator of Sustainable Risk Drive, which helps in quickly cutting oversight challenges down to size. She believes in real solutions and she believes that real solutions do not and will never come in a box. Glad to have you on the show, Sarah. Hi, Sundar. It's great to be here. Um, I'm very excited about um, sharing some of my views. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, this is an exciting time, and uh, we are actually looking at very important uh, um, juncture at this point in time with the EU AI regulation coming in. For for a person like you who've been working in this space for a while with GDPR and the way data impacts society, I just wanted to know what do you feel? What is your personal perspective regarding EU AI regulation? I mean, for every time a regulation comes in, um, it's almost like the, the five stages of regulatory grief. It's always a denial, then anger, then there's bargaining, which is all the lawyers get involved. Then we all get a bit depressed about how much work's involved. And finally, we accept whatever distills out to be the required baseline of what comes next. Um I think in the middle of that as well, we get what we've got right now, which is um, a lot of professionals trying to work out the edges. We're trying to work out what makes you an exception from this. We're trying to work out where the edges of definitions are. Um, We're trying to work out um, what do we mean by a conformity assessment, because that's one of the very practical things that's coming out of this. Um, And then an awful lot of energy will be expended in those spaces. Um, I'm used to trying to operationalize these things. So I always come at it from two angles. One thing is um, a new set of requirements doesn't change the fact that we all have a good intuitive understanding for what's a big hairy risk. We all know what the things are that are most likely to hurt people and go wrong. So there's no need to stop any activity in that space and we can learn lessons and in good faith start to lay some of the groundwork to comply eventually with the new regulation and then start nibble away at the edges of the things we are most certain about will be included and work outwards by degrees of uncertainty. Everyone's suffering under the same uncertainty, but what it shouldn't do is paralyze action. That's really a nutshell of where I am right now. 
Absolutely. So I, I'm 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 quite intrigued by the, what you mentioned regarding the, uh, uh, the 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 stages of grief. Essentially, and that's a good analogy to look at how the regulations will shape as we uh, go along. Uh, one of the, I know you touched upon some of the aspects, but one of the things that I'm keen to understand more uh, from you is uh, what are the exceptional things that have come out of EU regulations that you think are uh, great and uh, has a significant value to the stage in which the world is at this point in time? Um, I think the major thing, the major thing that made some of us who are focused very much on the human rights side of this and the potential harms to sort of individuals, groups, communities, the environment, the world as a whole, um, not in an alarmist way, but, you know, knowing that not enough constructive, uh, objective attention has been paid to those things thus far is the explicit calling out of um, potential harms that can be caused by um, evaluating people using algorithms and AI and potentially nudging them in directions that they wouldn't ordinarily go in behavior wise so they've that behavioral aspect of potential harm has been brought into this and um, that is very much the thing that I feel this is this is added to the debate and also the daring to go there to talk about prohibition um thus far it's very much been um viewed as innovation cannot at any cost be limited in any way and um i very much believe in te- technological innovation i'm very excited by the potential for these technologies um but it, it, nothing can be at any cost um if if we were happy in um everybody in their own way succeeding the best they can at any cost we wouldn't have any laws of any kind it would it would be fine to trample over anyone to get what you want um and i think we're never going to hit a sweet spot where everybody is is happy that they're achieving everything as quickly as they wish to but it doesn't need to be a zero sum game we have some very creative people designing ways to do the right thing um, without hobbling your ability to to innovate. Absolutely, and uh, that that's that's the uh, that's the fun of uh, innovation, and uh, that's the essential responsibility that comes in for governments to bring in regulations that governs the way these innovations work in helping the community. Um, that that actually brings me to the next point that I wanted to understand from you. That's most. Uh, specifically on uh, uh, what are the things that's going to evolve in the newer regulation. The thing is, uh, not all things that are said in the regulation are are much clearer. And uh, I'm sure, like me, you would also believe some of the things needs a little bit of maturity over time and uh, it will evolve as things, as period goes along, as things go along, as suggestions come in, and uh, as industries start accepting things, what are those things that you feel are things that will evolve in this regulation? Um, I think I'm probably going to focus on three things. I'm going to focus on um, the definition of the various parties that are involved in um, supply and operation of what we're defining as um, algorithms or AI or machine learning in the context of this regulation. Um, So, at the moment, there's very much the focus on development of models and uh, technical functional success of models to um, uh, mimic intelligence or to achieve a, a quite a narrowly defined outcome. Uh, I think we've, we're seeing so much more um, application of things in practice as proofs of concept 
and being plugged into other kinds of more mature solutions for customer relationship management or for recruitment or for um, managing policing. And And it's those edges where we're very much trying to work out where's the demarcation of responsibility between a an AI service provider, the people who collected the data to stand up um, the the training data set, the people who are now pressing it into service, the people who will look after any fallout that happens post-sale. So I think that will be evolving, that clarity. The the second thing is risk. Um, There is much conversation about most of this only applies to things that are high risk. And then there are a whole bunch of other exceptions around different um, national security purposes um, and other definitions of whether it's a component or of a safety system or a safety system of its own. So those safety definitions um, are also going to be need to be better defined around the edges. Um, high risk itself, I'm a risk manager by nature. So the quite bold list of things that are deemed to be high risk are going to cause an awful lot of debate to try and for people to try and nudge themselves out of scope. Um, whereas the requirements, it may be better to just in good faith attempt to apply the requirements rather than have the optics of trying to uh, redefine high risk in ways that um, say you are not responsible for being ethical in operation of AI. Um, And the last part is really uh, the way that it's framed right now. um, My spreadsheets are in scope for this. The spreadsheets I use to work out whether a supplier is in scope or not based on a bunch of questions with weightings and decision trees within those spreadsheets, um, I, I need to potentially do a conformity assessment because I'm, I help make decisions about um, which change projects or suppliers are in and out of scope for the most robust kind of assurance. So we're probably going to have to quite quickly work out whether that's rational and work out where the edges lie. Um yeah, yeah. So those are those are things that I'm thinking about right now. But it's always about challenging why are you asking the question? Is it because the need to comply with some of these requirements is um, counter to being rational in terms of wanting to produce a, a quality, safe product, a, a privacy-respecting, ethical product, or is it just saving money? And if it's just trying to save money... Are you on the right side of history? So we need to create tools to help people make better decisions in that space. And I think that's that's one of the reasons I'm working with for humanity. We're helping to people to create a rational baseline to have those conversations against. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is very interesting perspective that you've shared uh, in terms of those three clear points. And the last point was very, very, very valuable. Um, with, with the way things are changing, we, we're not sure how much of uh, inclusions are going to come in within the definition segment. So let's wait to see how it evolves. Um, as we come to the end of the podcast, I just wanted to ask you one specific question, which is on if you want to actually bet on something that has come in this regulation, or you feel that one thing that has come in this regulation has had a significant change to the way um, uh, uh, the, the the humankind will shape up tomorrow with regard to uh, AI regulations. I would like to know something of that sort that you feel from this regulation. I think it's going back to that question about prohibition. I think it's it's flipped a switch against a a massive wave of conversations about fairness, explainability, transparency, ethics. And so far to date, 
the realm of prohibition has been very much written off as um, an activist corner of the conversation about machine intelligence and, um, and automated systems. Um, and I think as we've reached the point where this is being pressed into service in very practical ways, you know, uh, will you or will not get, will you or will you not get your benefits? Will you or will you not have your health insurance claim settled? Um, will you or will you not be released on bail? There are lots and lots of very practical real world environmental uh, situations where the conversation about prohibition is completely rational, but based on good, solid, rational risk management ground. That is the thing that I feel is the most powerful part of the regulation. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad that um, we were able to talk at this point in time. And uh, I'm glad to hear about your perspectives. Uh, I'm sure the audience will also enjoy these perspectives. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care. It's been great. Thank you, Sender. <laughs>